Hello and welcome to the Movie Bunker podcast. He said with distinct gravitas. <laughs> it's me, Matt. Hey, it's me, Chris. We're back. We're back. We had a break. The, the longest break known to man. Um, well, at least known to this podcast, that's for sure. Yeah, we're back and we're cooking on gas. Uh, the, the fire is lit. <laughs> we, we are full of beans. We've had a cup of tea and we're ready to go back to the movies, uh, the baddest movies, the worstest movies. Yeah. yeah, if you could imagine in the interim period between the last podcast and this one, like a montage of us just getting, you know, better at watching shit films <laughs> over and over again, just each in each scene, getting a little bit better at it until eventually we're just kind of, you know, smashing down cats without even blinking. <laughs> Not even a it's, it's like um, it's like the Thundercats intro uh, in a way because it, it's like a call to arms and there's a beacon uh, of a, oh, I don't know of a, of a turkey in the sky and we, we're like got called back and they're like where are you anyway we we've been busy thunder, but we're thunder, back thunder 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 twats <laughs> thunder twats uh, thunder twats ho without further ado I suppose what we need to do is you know get get involved with today's movie and oh yes uh, this was a tricky one or you know whenever we come back to it we kind of think well what are we going to do and we go oh there's a shitload of crap movies out there that we could do <laughs> um but this one was a, it was an interesting concept we chose capone and here's oh. the trailer how about if our good friend al ladies and gentlemen You know what the difference is between Adolf Hitler and Al Capone? Hitler's dead. Capone lives like a king in Florida. He has full-blown dementia. I have reason to believe it could all be an elaborate act. What's this about? We have information that your client may have tucked away a very large sum of money. You can drop the act now. Yeah, goons walking around. Guys like you own this place, ten million dollars. Maybe I can get him to talk. He's gonna go on a rampage. We made a promise. Someday we was gonna make it big. The only thing that really matters is how man treats his family. What was interesting about Capone is that um, on paper, this looked like right up my street. I thought to myself, look at this, spelled gangsters, check like that. Bit of Tom Hardy's always good value for money. Um, but as soon as I dallied on it, on the tile on Netflix, I dallied on it. I did, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't done the thing yet where you turn off the autoplay, which I need to do because it is incredibly annoying and loud when it starts playing a part of the film, and it's, it's a special part of the film, the part of the film which Netflix thinks will entice you. It's not the same for everybody. It's different for people. They know. They know. <laughs> they know to show me shit bits. Um, <laughs> and yeah. it was just the look on his face and, and the voice, and I thought, oh, 
Yeah. A little, a, a little grumbling water, Chris, and I thought this is for us. <laughs> this is um, a 2020 movie that's, I think, did it get a cinematic release? I don't think it did. I think it's gone straight no, to video. It was. it's a pure COVID release. Yeah. Well, let's give you the plot synopsis and uh, we'll go from there in, in true movie bunker style. So the 47-year-old Al Capone, after 10 years in prison, starts suffering from dementia and comes to be haunted by his violent past. And uh, it's a grim sentence. And the movie. Yeah, follows it's not really dementia, is it? It's, um, it's what is it called? It's like um, neurosyphilis or neuro. Yeah, neurosyphilis. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And the kind of the, the, it opens in a. Well, the help that you don't really see the decline. He's in the decline. He is very yeah. much at the, at the end of it and, and, and very and struggling with uh, just the day to day. It's day-to-day health, uh, and it's very difficult for everyone around him. The Capone, I guess, um, infrastructure is falling about behind, around him as well, and there's that that kind of jostle for power. It did it, it did really badly uh, in terms of reviews, and we'll, we'll do the usual. Mm. On uh, IMDb, it got a really, really low 4.7, and uh, on, on the Rotten Tomatoes, which we always know is a lot of worse, the tomato meter was 39%, and the audience score which usually is better, was yeah. a miserable, miserable twenty-four percent. So this Ooh. is right up, right up our alleyway street, Tommy Gun, um, with, with, you know, a splatteringness of crap, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, 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 I don't know, Matt. We 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 text each other today and yesterday because obviously we wanted to keep it fresh, and we've only really just finished watching it in many ways. But it, this yeah. was a tough. This was a chore, and uh, as bad as bad movies go, there's always light in there. There's always either silliness or funny bits that you can laugh at for being crap, uh, or or a below par, or at least something interesting to find and and, and rejoice in. This this yeah. I found I, I struggled. I really struggled. It was it was it was a struggle. It's a it's a it's a tough watch. Um... Not in a tough watch like Uncut Gems, where it's, you know, you feel an emotionally drawn into that film and battered by it. This is just tough because it's it's confusing. Uh, and I think that's somewhat intentional because you're meant to be sort of thrust into kind of, you know, uh, Capone or Fonzie's um, point of view. And obviously he's very confused because he's suffering from this debilitating, you know, slowly degenerative brain disease. Mm. Um, so you're never really sure what is actually kind of happening to him um, and what of, his, or what of it is he's imagining. Um, and the whole kind of time you're in that world where you're kind of always not really sure whether or not this is a salient plot point or whether or not this is just him imagining away kind of like the days. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's start with the director, because yes. that's of note as well, because we've we've talked about Joss Trank before. Uh, yeah, we've featured his we films before. And uh, he's the writer and director uh, of this movie. And um, if anyone needs another shot at Hollywood, I guess it's Josh Trank, who's who's been connected with lots of things and then and obviously been tossed off them, if that makes sense. He's oh. uh, um, after that unfortunate, you know, that quick rise to fame and, and obviously being somebody that was going to to, you know, go places in Hollywood in terms of yeah. directing. 
with uh, what was that lo-fi kind of super chronicle we started off with the superb chronicles very good film and then followed it up and you know he had everything in his hands at that point and he followed it up with the fantastic four um which wasn't good and to be fair um he cited uh studio interference but there was no hashtag the trank cut um at that time everyone just let it slide so unfortunately his vision of the fantastic four would never be truly seen. Um, so kind of, you know, we're in the, the lap of the gods at that point where we're kind of like, oh, is he, you know, was it student interference or is he a bad? And now he's done this and you're like, you know, that's that's two strikes now, right? It yeah. seems less likely that he was uh, <laughs> ever destined to make a good Fantastic Four film. So He's got a great eye for like cinematography and and just just letting things play. And I think that I think what would be what would suit him is is a long is a long form media like a long series a long Netflix series or something. He, I think he'd be well suited to that. But anyway, before we you know do this, not the Josh Trank podcast. The, the yes. cast is this the, the the magnificent Tom Hardy plays. Uh, I was going to say Peter Capaldi then um, plays <laughs> Cap- Al Capone, um, Capone. Di- or, or Lewis Capaldi. Um, Linda Cardellini plays May, the long-suffering wife. We'll get on to her. Yeah. Matt Dillon plays Johnny. Matt Dillon's in this. Not seen him in a movie for a long time. And then mm-hmm. it uh, you get lots of character actors. And then Carl McLaughlin, you would recognise him. He's the Doctor. Um, he, he's all right in this as well. And then I've really kind of lots of, as I say, character actors Um thereafter no one that i really kind of yeah it's people you'd expect to see in the sopranos right it's lots lots of soprano-esque people um that are also in this apart from those main ones that you mentioned i think before we get on to tom hardy it might be worth talking about linda um linda cardellini who plays may who i've seen in in a few films and i think she really of she is doing her very best here in terms of providing a lot of the emotional legwork and helping you as a viewer sort of understand what's happening on and sympathize with her as opposed to maybe the Tom Hardy side of things. Well, yeah, and, it's interesting you say understanding there because she's one of the few characters in this which doesn't <laughs> need fucking subtitles because the rest <laughs> of them, you're like, on the odd occasion when Tom Hardy sort of talks Italian and you get subtitles, you think, well, thank fuck for that. At least I know what's going on in this bit. <laughs> I, didn't think, just... I, don't, I didn't think it would take long oh, to talk about Tom Hardy. Yeah. Well, let's get on to Tom because it would be, it's, this is his thing. No, 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 let's leave Tom to the end because I mean, if okay. we, this is like, you know, one of those meetings <laughs> I have every day at work where if, if we start talking about the meaty thing, then all those other bits and pieces need to get moved into another meeting and no one wants that. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. So Matt, Matt Dillon in here is basically the Bruce Willis ghost character. <laughs> Sorry, spoiler yes. alert. Um, <laughs> but the problem with Matt Dillon, right? Now, I, I like Matt Dillon. The problem with Matt Dillon is since he did something about Mary, all, you, all I see is the something about Mary face that he does, where he kind of... <laughs> does like a look up and round and down and through and stuff and it's just i expect something slapstick to happen which i kind of guess if you put a slapstick uh soundtrack to this would yeah stab 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 um yeah yeah i i i think my my rambling points i can't ever really take him seriously anymore 
which is kind of weird because other actors do comedy and flick the backs and forwards, but his his face is funny now. <laughs> well, he did Crash, didn't he? And he was he was pretty powerful in that. And then well, you know, coming out of something about Mary, and he's done that. He did that sh- uh, M Night Shyamalan uh, series, didn't he? Where he was like that weird. Yeah, I never town. watched that, but one um, that was on the list for a while. I, 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 I like him. I like him as a. I like him as an actor. I know but his face, a... right? Does his face not seem comedic goofy. to you now? Too comedic. Goofy. Yeah, yeah. he's got a goofy yeah. face. He has got a bit of a goofiness to him, and I think it's because you're expecting a bit of the teeth, the fake teeth. But did he use fake teeth in that? Something about Mary as a disguise? I think he did. Yes, with the tash. So I think that doesn't help when you go. Go. He hasn't got. He's got a bit of that about him. It's a bit like um, David Arquette. In like he he's got that uh, I don't know butt of the joke comic appeal to him that he did in like Scream films and um, as yeah. Dewey and I think that that kind of is going to follow him for for quite a long time and obviously has done because that's something about Mary is quite an old movie anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, Carl Carl McLaughlin to move on to him the the, the Doctor Doctor Carlock, um, you know he, he of. Carl McLaughlin of Dune and Showgirls and um, what's that? Going? Pick out his best things. Why don't you just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't mention Blue Velvet or anything? No. Oh no, no. Showgirls. Put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's the series? I've gone blank. The series he Twin did. Peaks. Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks. Christ. Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. yeah I never, I never seen it. I've never seen Twin Peaks. That's why. Um, oh. Because yeah. I'm one of them that doesn't doesn't believe in Twin Peaks. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I'm too disturbed. I've seen Mulholland Drive, and I think that's that is very has lots of comparisons to Twin Peaks, and that that scared the shit out of me. So I'm not interested in your Twin Peaks, thank you. Um, but he he's really good in this. Oh, it was in Sex in the City as well, Carl McLaughlin. Um, uh, Again, yeah. probably not his finest one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but he he. What do you think? I mean, he's good. He's he's he's, I think he's all right. Just... Again, he's understandable in this, and uh, <laughs> yeah. There's not yeah, much gravitas. to say about yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a believable world that's created, right? It's a, mm. it's a it's a it's a nice lustrous place, but it, it it's got a sense of the Kubricks about it that there's a kind of a feeling that it was I always thought it was sort of teetering on the edge of kind of like a a full psychological horror film, which wouldn't maybe not have been a bad way to go, like you know go sort of full Tarantino and rewrite history kind of thing and go full, you know, strange, you know, apocalyptic kind of horror uh, in the well, mind. Like, what, like what's the time in Hollywood, once upon a time in Hollywood, that sort of thing where he kind of plays around with it. Yeah, like, you know, you take these historical characters, you, you, obviously they probably haven't followed slavishly to history. I mean, I know I, I did a bit of wiki reading whilst this was going on um, and you know, he did spend the last year of his life. Um, but I, I don't know how much that he spent in like his house and the sort of like you know ensuing kind of deconstruction as well. Because fun, you know, this film is almost hundred percent set in the grounds of his house. There's a few kind of fishing scenes and a, a a few bits and pieces, but and it kind of gets smaller and smaller until the only place we ever kind of see him is on his veranda kind of thing. So it just, yeah, I think it it tries to make kind of claustrophobic feel to it which is what the guy was feeling a homeless feeling i guess with the with his when he's losing his mind um what well, the interesting fact that i pulled out of wiki is he was one of the first people to take penicillin um a bit late fortunately 
for him, yeah. unfortunately, because he wasn't. I mean, like, let's, let's face it, Capone wasn't wasn't a lovely person. He's one of these kind of you know weird folklore heroes, which probably shouldn't be a folklore hero. Bearing in mind, you know, with people were tearing down um, historical figures that did some good because they did some bad. These are people that did just fucking pure bad, and maybe we should stop allowing people. <laughs> Let's get on to Tom Hardy. <laughs> Tom Tom Hardy. So if you're used to Tom... Well, hang on a second, let's rephrase that. Fair to say that Tom Hardy's doing and going full Tom Hardy in this movie. He's, the, he's front oh, and yeah. centre. Oh, yeah, no one's had a chat with him to tell him to maybe dull Tom the Hardys down a little bit, are they? <laughs> no, no. And um, I've got to say, I, I wasn't a fan of this performance. And I wasn't... I mean, I don't really know a great deal about the folklore that you've, you were just talking about, the whole kind of the Capone sort of legacy and, and what, he was, yeah. what, he's, what he was up to. And I mean, I obviously know that he's a badden and uh, <laughs> he was a gangster. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah this... like from, the, from the Untouchables, we saw him smash someone's head to pieces with a baseball bat. So we know he's not a good guy, right? <laughs> he's a bad guy. He's a bad, bad guy. But this part, guy. apparently this part of his life has never really been put on film or, or written about in any great detail so it's good to see why. yeah I'm good. it's good to see that that element of it but tom hardy really i guess has, the only way that he knows how to act i guess is to i guess is to go either method or just to go full full into it and um, he, he looks the part the makeup is good it's disgusting as well he is a horrible thing to look at on, yeah. on the screen there's a lot of uncomfortable close-ups where you see you know dribble and and uh you know cataracts or whatever's wrong with his eyes bloodshot eyes and um you know the the, the constant sucking of the cigar which is just it must be i think it gets doesn't he get mouth cancer it looks like it's eating away physically at him and uh, yes. you know, it gets replaced with carrots and stuff and you know the bit of him shitting the bed and stuff like that it's graphic it's horrible his expressions his voice and i, I watched this as well on earphones headphones in stereo real oh, proper stereo not, and um that voice and sound design is pretty good actually it's one thing to to, to, to mention that's positive is it in 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 your ears <laughs> in, in your ears it's it's proper jarring and and guttural like is his voice going past the fucking stegosaurus paddock in jurassic park <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's weird. You know, it it's reminds weird. me of. I was like, I was watching this. I'm like, I fucking know that voice. I know, and I, I'm, I was thinking, I couldn't. I was like, oh, it's, I know it sounds like somebody. And then I realised, and that it actually, um, and it's a film we've done on the podcast before, but it sounds like the Dark Overlord from Howard Duck um, at the end when he's changing from man to Dark Overlord. Yes, transformation is complete. I am now someone else. It's fun, uh, right? Um, I'll, I'll cut it in just a... Yeah, I, I wanted to play a game because he makes that noise quite a lot. And I, I wanted to sort of take cuts of uh, of Hardy going, Meh, and then cuts of this guy going, Meh, and I wanted you to guess which one was from <laughs> Capone and which well, one wasn't. Having but just there's a, like, a lot of background music in Howard the Duck, so it's hard. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of um, there's a lot going on, explosions and bits and pieces. But with the, the yeah. Tom Hardy one, it's, 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 it's I mean, with Capone, I mean, having just literally finished watching it, um, yeah, those those noises are going to follow me tonight. I think to bed. Um, 
But yeah, no, well, well, he commits, doesn't he? I mean, you can't really complain about his. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is with Netflix at the moment in terms of making these films where they're aging people one way or the other. And I'm like, well, you know, the thing is, he's 47 years old, right? So Hardy can't be like far off. And I know he's a good looking man. And I know mm. he probably doesn't look his, his, his age. But like, do we need all the prosthetics? Because it, it does. And the thing is, when you do it to a known actor, it's it's obvious, right? As good as the makeup is, it's obvious that they've been aged, and it kind of starts to chip away at that kind of, um, you know, that enveloping that you get when you you're fully committed to a film. Um, mm. So yeah, I don't know why it is. I started watching The Irishman, and that has the, the opposite thing, right? They they the de aging of De Niro in that, and uh, yeah, you kind of like, oh look, they've made him really smooth. <laughs> but he's still got like the the, the fat head of an old man. They do look. He, the thing is, with that de aging, it's just not done properly. With the Marvel stuff, it's seamless, perfect for me, in my yeah. opinion. It's bloody great. But with yeah, with the Irishman, it just I don't know what they, they seem to de age him by about five years, which didn't seem enough. <laughs> it's sort of you just go for another twenty years if you're going to make this believable. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a bit much. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I I I, I wasn't. That's it. it was a committed performance. There is no doubt about that. My my issues was is it was often hard to understand what was going yeah. on. Well, I think there's loads going for this as well. Just to, to pick on the positives is it's very well shot, I think, and yeah. the, the 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 sequences where which are a bit dreamlike and a bit where you're not you know you're not quite sure. There's there's a nice uh, kind of uh, bit where he gets. He falls in in the lake and it, there's a swell or a tidal wave, and that was just really nice and dreamy and weird. Uh, the, the use of like animals and alligators and, and sound design on the headphones was nice. Lots of lovely yeah. slow dolly shots as well. I felt that the camera moved really sort of purposely, and was the cutting and the editing was pretty smooth and nice. There was no jarringness, so it was. But it's a slow, it's a slow digesting watch. You you don't just you don't just absorb. Like you can't put this on in the background. You have to kind of sit and sit in it, and, and uh, you know, watch it properly. Otherwise, yeah. I think I, I it think, won't. It won't gel. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. It's 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 a pretty thing to look at. Um, and I, I think maybe if you could get com- committed to the story, um, if you're a big Shutter Island shining fan, then I think you'll see the parallels between those films and this one very evident in a lot of this and i'm still not really sure whether or not that girl is ever in that bush even yeah. to this day yeah yeah there is a lot to think about uh, afterwards and maybe it would maybe make you want to go back and read about a bit about him and the end of his life and what happened but you've you got to be a you've got to be a bit of a freak to want to do that anyway i think um, okay, so uh, before we get into what we liked, uh, I did make some notes, um, very yeah. few notes, because I was mostly just kind of like, uh, I just put uh, Josh Trank, full stop. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, the food was getting cold at the start. I kind of, it was annoying me that there was a really long, there was a Thanksgiving thing and everyone sat there with food. I'm thinking to myself, there's a lot of people there and there was no serving staff. So the fact, the sheer time it would have taken to get the plates to the table 
the food's going cold straight away. And they had a really long period where everyone was saying thanks. And I've been like, well, one thing no one's spanking for is hot fucking food because it would have been freezing cold. Also, um, you've got, you got a lot of kids on that table and there's no way oh, the kids would be able to sit and not eat that, that food. And I, no. I, it's funny, it's funny it, that you say that because it's exactly what I thought. I said, here we go again. It's like Die Hard with Bruce Willis all over again when they're in the fucking best pizza restaurant known to man and they're not eating the fucking pizza that's right in front of them. Put it in your mouth. Fucking eat it. It's there. Don't order it and sit and look at it. Just eat it. That's one of the things. And empty coffee cups. Now, all I see is empty coffee cups. When people are given a coffee... when Rows and rows of coffee cups. No, when they walk into a room and they go and they, they hand the man a coffee, the other character gets a coffee out of one of these lovely little cardboard cups and it makes the sound of an empty coffee cup when they put it down and they put it to their lips and there's no weight to that coffee cup. There's no weight to it. And they do a really good job of acting, drink acting, right? Have you done that? I don't suppose you have. Oh, yeah. Well, Sometimes I do it at work when... I've reached for a, a cup that's empty and I've, I've, t- I've brought it all the way to the lips because I'm distracted, is that I don't just go, oh, I, I sell the lie. I, know I finish with the movement and go, oh. It really, it really, really. a coffee. And then saying, they're like, Matt, you're drinking peppermint tea. I'm like, well, whatever. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, thanks, the Thanksgiving dinner was a was a yeah, it's annoying, right? Shocker. And that's that's like the first few minutes of the film. Uh, immediately, yeah. I was pulled out of reality because like no one's going to eat that cold turkey now. Um, when they were taking all these statues away, the, the one statue you wanted to keep um, just looked like a massive dick. <laughs> um, and you never saw the front of the statue until right at the end. So it, it always, whenever you kind of gazed off to it, it looked like a child's drawn penis. Yeah, what, not like well, a child's well, penis drawn. <laughs> Like like a, a child has drawn a penis. Yes, so that's it a was clear a clear distinction because it was it was a graffiti. It was a, it's a trickle or French book uh, graffiti penis. <laughs> yeah, they just needed a chien with its mouth open at the end of it, and then yes. <laughs> it would have been absolutely spot on. But yeah, it did look like a bulbous penis. It did. Um, it did. I noticed this as and, well. We're, we're we're so alike. And then obviously the the one scene that made me think of you instantly is the uh, FBI interview. Um, long shit scene. <laughs> oh, God. As soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, hello, Jimmy Changa bombs. Chris will be pissing <laughs> himself. Um, <laughs> he's sat there being interviewed by the FBI. And I, I think he's forcing it out at this point, right? It feels kind of purposeful. Yeah. And that's, that was all I noticed for them. So you tell, me, tell me you noticed the, the comedy shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, sorry, you dropped a little bit out. That's why I didn't laugh, but because I, I couldn't quite hear what you're saying. But I know exactly what you're referring to. But it, the thing is, the thing is, these these the, the scenes with that happening were so late, were quite long, and they were laboured to the point they were, you know, they could have want to show that he's not capable of doing anything other than shitting himself and chewing on carrots and things like that. Yeah. So, and I found it really kind of like grotesque. I just found him as a character and a person and the acting and Tom Hardy, all of the, the whole package, just grotesque to watch, understand, get on board with. And so you, I kind of like, I, I don't know, I just felt quite nauseous with those scenes. It's like, I don't, and especially when he does shit the bed at one point properly and you do see it. They don't like hide Amazing. it up. And, and, it's like, shit. 
And he, I thought, Christ. And then, uh, you know, his wife, May, Linda, his wife, played by Linda Carlini, um, she really sells the smell in that room, which I thought <laughs> was, because, like, first of all, you're like, what, what's happened? And then you see her face and she's like, oh, God, I'm going to get, I'm going to get. <laughs> and then you realise, oh, yeah, he's, um, he did a massive shit in him. And yeah. it's exploded everywhere. Like, it's not, it's not constrained to his uh, robust... At one point, he's walking around the garden. He's shooting people in some rather fantastic underpants. <laughs> I think he's got a nappy on as well, hasn't he? Yeah, it's like a man nappy. Uh, yeah. Carl McLaughlin um, brings it to him, and he's like, "Ooh, ooh nappies!" Um, yeah, it's disgusting. You're, you're totally right, but I, I think that might have been purposeful. I, I think yes. maybe Josh Trank kind of agrees with me, um, and I, I know that's his primary concern when he's making these films. Um, in that, like, he didn't want to make heroic character that you felt sorry for you kind of this is you know the hero of this the film is the the neurosyphilis right you kind of go 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 neurosyphilis kill that dead yeah. old bastard it's a fall from grace the, a grace that, that that wasn't really there so it's a fall from non-grace yeah <laughs> yeah it's just, i just wish it gone like i think it, we should pick a direction like either like you mentioned the i know before we start recording but either gone down the caper route right where this you know search for the missing millions i'm all just go full psychological kind of messing with my marbles man you're like oh is this real is this not like but it kind of petered in between the two worlds and you know and it didn't really sell me either and it didn't do enough of either to keep me interested to the end but you're right it looked good it looks good and not not a recommendation from me, I'm afraid. Even if you're a diehard John, uh, Tom Hardy fan, I, I, I would avoid this. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it would really low. So that brings us on to ways that you can support the podcast if you're really enjoying it. Uh, this is non-scripted and Matt doesn't know I'm doing this. But yeah. Um, what? If... What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just, I don't know, but that seemed like a really good idea then. And then I just, now I've lost wind. I've yeah, lost yeah. Wind. Oh, sorry, man. I, I, I <laughs> fucked you. Go on, go, go for it. It's okay. Uh, um, in a safe space here. Do your little arms like they um, did in Waterworlds. This is my space. Yeah. So this would be a, this would be a great place to just, to, to, this would be a great place. to <laughs> <laughs> Matt, there's loads of ways you can. There's loads of ways you can support the podcast. If you're really enjoying what you're hearing, and you want to buy us a virtual coffee, just hit the the Ko-Fi page, which is in the link, uh, a linked yep. in our linked in our show notes. I get, I can spit this out all day. Uh, it's three <laughs> quid. It's a one-off thing, but yeah. Anyway, it helps pay the service. Just know bill. this: I'm not going to spend it on coffee. I'm going to use it on women and drugs. Yeah. That's what I was and by that, from. I mean, my wife will take it and I'll need a paracetamol. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ha, ha, ha. And also, <laughs> join us on the social media. We're always there tweeting away and beaverishly. And uh, just search for the Movie Bugger podcast on all the social media platforms there are possible out there. I'm pretty sure we're on all of them. And the website yes. address is, is magnificent. What's the website, Matt? If it still works, it's the moviebuggerpodcast.com. Might be worth checking. As our first movie back from our hiatus, our kind of secondment, our our whatever it is, a holiday, vacation. I'd say this is probably a bad choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a dark place to go very early on but, in our in our life. 
but having said that, Tom Hardy is always nice to see. Even when he's shitting him, sir. <laughs> we can we can agree that Capone is in a void and it will be staying. I think that the, the movie Bunker Overlords will probably agree. This one's staying in the bunker uh, for me. It's not being jettisoned through the tube. Off it no. goes. No. The, the lid's on the tube. Untouched. Yeah. In fact, there's no strong. compressed air. There's nothing There's nothing to drive the tube. We've turned it off. Just to, just to make sure that this does not escape. Uh, you do agree, Matt. I hope you do. No, let out there. I think they should be showing this in primary schools. To, uh, <laughs> no, no. Yeah, no. Fucking bury this one deep. Uh, you know, if you want to see um, Tom Hardy portray a fucked up villain, um, go rent Bronson instead because it's um, superior in every way, shape, and form. Or Batman. Or Batman. <laughs> Maybe not quite the same level, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, but Batman kind of introduced us to his mumbling, kind of in indecipherable ways, um, and he just he's gone on with it in this one. So. Well, Matt, it's been a and pleasure. You know to how to I you. love to hear you say goodbye. <laughs> Here we go. This is the good bit of the podcast, everybody's. It's what you've missed. It's what you come for. Well, oh, this again, is what we come but, for. Yeah, again, if you're skipping forward to this bit, you're not going to be disappointed. This is the the mother of all goodbyes. But thanks for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to grace your earpods, and uh, see you again on the next podcast. It's too succinct, Chris. What's going on? You've been practicing. Yeah. in front of the mirror oh. saying goodbye to yourself <laughs> so it's goodbye from me <laughs> oh he's done it again though he's brought it back around to the ronnies <laughs> uh, say goodbye matt yeah say goodbye goodbye <laughs>